0: Even though I'm not a fan of more victories looking back, we can, we can see that this team does have some fight in them. I think bright things are, are ahead for this program going forward. Really, the message after the game was to just win out. Like, we broke on that. Max Wright broke the, broke the team huddle after the game after we prayed, He like, went out on three. Greetings, everybody! Welcome back to another episode of the Pot of Aguilan. Starting your host, yours truly, Chase Lane, number two in the field, number one in y'all's hearts. I had a had a great weekend down in Tuscaloosa, despite coming out with the laws, But as always, we'll get to that later. But I would like to start the show off with another quote of the day. So, the quote of the day for today's episode is: "Perseverance is the hard work you do after you get tired of doing the hard work you already did." I'm saying it again. Perseverance is the hard work you do after you get tired of doing the hard work you already did. So what this quote means to me and what resonated most with me within this quote is everyone is going to work hard, whether you're competing athletically, academically, in your specific career field. But what is it that you're going to do what? what's going to separate you from the rest of your competition. So, um, athletically, I think of a lot of the greats, um, like LeBron James, Serena Williams, the Tom Brady's of the world, all of the sports figures that you've seen that have had success when faced with trials and tribulations throughout their career, they have been able to do what they've needed to do in order to separate themselves. So, um, yeah perseverance i feel like it goes hand in hand with consistency and consistency is such a um a hard thing to um develop as a habit with whatever you're doing and because life is just such a roller coaster and um you never really know it's going to get thrown at you so the the people who can make it out and t- and can see the most success are the, are the people who can maintain that level of consistency and can persevere through adversities and can just stay even killed through everything. So um, that's how the great ones think. And then, and then, you know, that's how you become successful. So I'll say it again, the quote of the day, perseverance is the hard work you do after you get tired of doing the hard work you already did. So let that marinate on, on y'all souls, this, this happy Monday. Um, Adding on to what the quote meant and and how it resonated with me. I like to think about, uh what I went through when I was trying to finish up my bachelor's degree. Um the final fifteen hours for me were a living hell. I to start the spring semester I was only passing one class. Um my four other classes they were all F's and they were like bad S. So um really spring break I really had to look myself in the mirror and I was like, look, I've done so much hard work to get to this point. Like I already had my Aggie ring. Um, I had made a goal back like the year prior that I was going to graduate early in three years. And I was going to uh, finish my bachelor's degree um, by the summer. So I was not things were not looking bright for me. And, you know, just dealing with a bunch of personal things at that time. And, uh, yeah, I got really I put myself behind the A ball really bad and I had to find a way to finish. So. Um, I've, like I said, I've done all that hard work to get to this point, but now it's, what's going to separate me. What's going to allow me to finish my goal. Uh, what are the habits I'm going to tap into to allow me to see the, see the, uh, see the light at the end of the tunnel. So I dug deep, man. And I was able to pull those four F's all the way up to C's. (laughs) You know, they say C's get degrees. And, um, yeah, I was able to get my degree, man. And I was able to finish. So, um, it's not necessarily about, you, know, and I know we always say this, but it's not necessarily about how you start, but it's more so important about how you finish. So I was able to finish up and I was able to persevere, th- Persevere, excuse me, through that tough time. But, uh, yeah, let's, let's keep moving forward, man. Um, to start the show, um, it, uh, today, well, this episode will come up Monday. Today is my uh, mother's birthday, uh, 10, 10, 1971. I'll let y'all do the math on her age, but um, she is aging beautifully. Happy birthday to my beautiful mother. Um, you mean the world to me and you are one of the closest people I'm close to. So, um, yeah, I think it's so important to just have a a special relationship with your parents. If you're if you're blessed enough to still have your parents in your life. Um, it's, I, I can sit here and talk about my parents for hours on end, but. Simply put, man, I'm just really blessed to have a have a loving having a loving mother and having a loving father and having them just be present in my life and you know just being really blessed to have them. So, happy birthday to my mom. Uh, looking forward to you hearing this little birthday shout out. So, happy birthday to you, and I love you very much. Now, moving forward, we have a bi week coming up. Uh, bi weeks are really fun for me because I think it just allows everybody to you know just Recharge, take a deep breath, you know, uh just take a minute to, to rest your bodies, but at the same time, you know, we're we're going at it in practice. But I'm a fan of bi week, so usually for us when when we have a bi week, uh today we didn't have anything today. Well all we had was treatment. We didn't have to go in for anything like meetings or, or anything. Uh, Sunday, today, Sunday, so uh Monday uh, we have the a complete day off, and actually, this is our first fall break I think Anum's ever had, and I didn't even know what a fall break was. So we got like two days, Monday and Tuesday, out of the week, no school. So tomorrow there's no class responsibilities, no anything, and then there's no football responsibilities. So um, have a have a free day tomorrow, and then uh, we'll come back in on Tuesday. We'll lift. Um, we'll have a, a normal practice schedule, like a Tuesday practice. Um, we'll do the same thing Wednesday. And then on Thursday we just have meetings and, and then we're out the door. So we'll be free from Thursday all the way to Sunday. And usually we'll have like a, a report time, uh, Sunday evening, but I love by weeks cause you know, it uh, allows a lot of people to just go home and see family. And I think I take this for granted because I am a Houston guy and I do have my family so close to me and I can really go home whenever I want, even like during a week. But, uh, these guys from like out of states, like we have a bunch of guys from Florida and we got some guys from Illinois. And we got some guys from Jersey you know, and out in back east. And we even got some kids from, from Arizona. And, uh, it's so important, especially the young guys. Um, you know, it's the first, uh, semester, first year in college, uh, just being away from home really for the first time. It can really, it can really take a toll on you mentally, mentally. And, um, I know after the game, you'll Keith and, And Amar, they were just, even though we lost, they were just really excited about just having the opportunity to just go back home to Miami. And um, some of those guys haven't been back home since June, July, and I'm just like, dang, like I was in Houston, like, just the other month, like just the other week or something like that. So, uh, yeah, it's really cool for the young guys and just the guys who are out of state, you know, just can have that time, go back home. Um, And, you know, it's kind of cool when we do come back from by weekends. um, A bunch of out of state guys, you can just kind of feel like a – a liveliness about them because they've been able to go back home and spend some time with family. So, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's really fun. I know a lot of guys enjoy bye weeks but, uh, even though it's a bye, we, we still got to get to work. So we during practice because we are three and three at the end, at the end of the day. And, uh, like coach Fisher said in his post game presser, um, we are not fans of moral victories. And even though we do feel like we competed in that game and, um, we We were in the position to win that game we We didn't come out with the w, so um it's back to the John boards and it's back to work. so I would like to talk about the reality of the reality and the uh the cutthroat truth behind media. so if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then just hold on and listen. So being new in, in, you know, just growing in this new field that I've been, that I've been introduced to and having a podcast, I've been introduced to media and even though I'm an athlete, I now get to see the sides of uh, reporters and in journalism and, you know, just in broadcasting and things like that, things that I'm really I'm really interested in. But, um, one thing I didn't necessarily realize was just how cutthroat and how immediate and just savage this this space is in by this space I mean media and um you know through my experience with this I've been able to gain <laughs> some new listeners I had a I had a peak on one of my episodes. I'm not gonna tell you guys which one, but if you're listening, you know what I'm talking about. And if you're a if you're an avid listener of the show, then you know what I'm talking about. But um really just you know, I've been i I've been an athlete and I've seen why like I I've watched interviews of like different professional athletes at their media days. And, you know, just watching just post game pressures from like the NBA finals and the Super Bowl and in the college football playoff and things of that nature. But, uh, I'd never really understood why like athletes have had problems with like reporters and, and, um, you know, people like journalists and things like that, like answering questions and things like that, because you're not really, you don't know until you know. So, um, Like I said, I'm not going to go too deep into it, but if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. But um, yeah, what I've learned is in media, it doesn't necessarily matter who's right, but it matters who's first. And that's a concept that I've heard so many times, but has just gone over my head because I have never really been introduced to this space before. Like I've done interviews and I've done, media days, but it's kind of been more so like in a sheltered environment because it's been um, administered by Texas A&M Athletics and and things like that. But now being on my own away from Texas A&M Athletics and kind of navigating through this space without like an administrator above me, um, I've seen how cutthroat and how savage it can be. And uh, You know, I guess it comes with it. I'm not sitting here going on strike about oh we got to do this we got to do this but uh, you know I I put myself in it I want to be in this space so I got to deal with the realities of it but I just want to say just for any reporters out there for anybody who may be tuning into the show I understand that you guys have a job to do and I understand that certain things that could maybe Spark a a clickbait in 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 things like that. I understand that you guys have to do what you have to do, but at the end of the day, I just urge each reporter, each journalist, each anybody to just really strive to report the facts, because in 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 trying to report, just like what's what you hear, and, and just trying to be the first one to get it out. So many things can be misconstrued. The message can get misconstrued. It's a it can turn into a bunch of he say she say things and and things like that. So I'm not sitting here telling you guys how to do your job because I don't expect you guys to tell me how to run a route. But I just say from from my point of view, I just urge everybody out there to just report the facts and to keep it moving. But hey, who am I? I'm just a student athlete with a degree. So moving forward, <clears throat> I'm going to talk about our battle with the Alabama Crimson Tide down in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So as always, we left Thursday evening after practice. We arrived down in Tuscaloosa um, like 1130, something like that. Chilly night in Tuscaloosa. Actually, excuse me, we said in Birmingham. So we stayed actually an hour away from Tuscaloosa and Birmingham is so beautiful, bunch of Hills and, you know, just nice, just nice, it's a nice ambiance about Birmingham and it's a nice feel to it. So enjoy staying out there. Uh, we, we went through our normal Friday routines with meetings and walkthroughs and that went on into the night. I actually had some free time. Uh, we got out of our last meeting at like seven o'clock. So uh, my dad actually had drove down from Illinois and uh we went to dinner that night, and we were just driving around Birmingham, so good to just spend some one on one time with him before we uh had our game on Saturday. but I'm uh, moving on to saturday uh getting into the game, we were actually pretty evenly matched up uh haynes we had a we had a backup quarterback game they had a backup quarterback in, so it really i feel like it really just came down to the importance of execution and who's gonna execute more than the other team and um you know first quarter. Zero zero at the end of the first. Uh, our both defenses were, you know, just causing three and outs, and you know um, they played good. Uh, I feel like they were moving the ball more so in the run game, and Jameer Gibbs and Jalen and Jalen they were phenomenal with their legs, and they were able to make plays with them. They were able to convert convert a lot on third downs, um, third and longs, man, just because you know we dropped eight, so. A lot of those rushing lanes clear up after a while once once everybody's getting out of there. So they were able to make plays with their legs. And later on, their receivers were able to make plays. Us, on the other hand, I feel like uh, we had a great game plan coming into the game. Moose, uh, Muhammad, he played really good. Well, he played really well early. Evan, he was making plays throughout the night. Chris was making plays throughout the night. I'm really – I want to commend Haynes on just how poised and how – Confident he wasn't himself to come out in the game and just compete because you know he's dealt with so much uh this negativity from social media and, and just and things like that, so he was able to come out and compete, wasn't routed at all. Um, it was it was it was a good game going going early, so I knew it was, was going to be a long one when uh, it was 0 0 after the first quarter. So eventually, uh, somebody had to get on the board, Bama went up 7 0. A few drives later, our defense was able to force a fumble. We get the ball in their territory, so we knew it was time for us to put some points on the board. Um, We had a nice little play call to get Moose in the end zone. It was a three-by-one set, uh, three receivers to the right, one to the left. We were in empty personnel. Uh, We had a corner on the outside to hold the corner, uh, the corner playing. if We had a corner on the outside to hold the corner. uh, The slot guy, the second guy, had a post to, to drain the nickel. And then Moose was kind of left with the option route so he can turn in or out based off how the backers playing him. And the backer is playing him inside leverage hard. So Moose is able to, to just turn out and just box him out and catch an easy touchdown. So great play call by coach getting, get us in the end zone uh, kind of got got our confidence going. And, you know, at that point guys were just like, Hey, like, like they bleed how we bleed. Like they, 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 they're the same guys. Like that Alabama on their chest doesn't, um, change anything about them besides their name. So um, I feel like at that point everybody was confident, and we were really just ready to go to war, man. I mean, we, you know, we typically play really good against Alabama uh, as of recently, and we and we feel that like we match up well against them. So uh, we were able to just keep competing throughout the game. Um, and, but then you know, eventually Jalen Milrow got to Jermaine Burton for a touchdown. They went up fourteen seven, but then we were able to come down the field. And on this play, man, I thought I was about to score the one Donovan Green scored on. So we were in green personnel, so a one-receiver set, two tight ends. And I had to cut my split down like I was about to go push-crack to safety. So on my route, I have to sell push-crack, but then I actually end up on the boot. Haynes is rolling out to the right. The guy who's playing me, man, I have him beat by, like, six yards. And I might be wrong, but I swear to God, Haynes dead look me in my eye. So I'm like, I'm about to catch my first touchdown of the season. Like, and it's going to be against Bama, the number one team on their turf. Like, I'm about to be lit. But then, ball doesn't come to me. Haynes turns his shoulders and just throws his ball. And as the ball's in the air, I'm just watching him like, if this motherfucker don't catch this ball... And then Donovan caught it, and I and I didn't know who was running the rod. I didn't know if it was Max or or if it was Donovan, but I saw it was Donovan, and I was like, ah, got his first touchdown. Let me let me be happy. So I was happy for him. Uh, more so, I was happy for the team because uh, we were able to tie the game, fourteen fourteen. And uh, yeah, and you know, just when you when you're in a game like that, and you're, and you're trading scores back and forth, it just feels like it feels like to me, it just feels like a Rocky movie. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, I don't know if you guys are into Rocky movies, but I'm, I'm a big fan of Rocky movies. And just thinking back to uh, to Rocky 2 when when Apollo Creed and, and when Rocky Vibola were just going back and forth, just trading punches and trading punches, and and Rocky was just barely beat Apollo because he was able to stand up at the last second. It just felt like an old Rocky film. So um, I knew it was going to be a, a, a great game and a, and a great atmosphere for both teams. And then when you had the fans – uh in the game as well and you know we always travel well and we were very well heard in in brighton denny stadium saturday night so uh, just being in the atmosphere was it was incredible um but yeah you know uh, haynes came back got pressure i think he tried to force the ball to evan um tarion number three the corner was able to make a nice play on the ball interception uh, our defense; they were able to get a stop though, and and we and we left the half with three points. So we felt pretty good going into halftime. Um, guys' heads were in the right place. You know, that, actually, locker room was actually pretty like like lit. Like people were like like yeah yeah like, like who are they? Like man, we don't we can play with them. But we don't blah, blah blah blah. So people really were really encouraged. Um, people's heads were definitely in the right place to go out there and and to compete again. And we thought we were gonna walk out of there with a dub because we our feeling was like, hey, like this is the number one team right here, and we're supposedly so bad, like we're three and two, we're this trash team that can't play with them, and like we're only really down by three points, and we haven't even played our best like football yet. So, like, let's go, let's go beat them. So that was a thought process at halftime. Guys are really just eager to go back out there, man, and uh, we were just like, man, like. Who cares? Let's go. Like, we don't have anything to lose. And like I said in my last episode, and this actually got misconstrued. I saw somebody replied to me on Twitter and said, uh, like, at Chase Lane or at Potter Agland or something. Basically, they were saying that in my last episode, I was saying that the only reason – we have to play for now is just to spoil other team seasons. I mean, other, yeah, other team seasons. And no, correction, that's not what I was saying. Yes, we do have the opportunity to spoil a lot of team seasons, but that's not the only reason why we're playing. So we do have a lot more to play for. So I, I apologize that I got misconstrued. But uh, we were trying to spoil Alabama's season last night and Saturday, and we felt like we were highly capable of doing so at halftime. And that was the message. It was just, you know, coach Fisher, his old school self, he was like, ah, just go, go piss in their cornflakes. So (laughs) that's what coach Fisher was talking about. And, you know, we were, we were really uh, excited about that to go out there and compete in the third quarter. Uh, But, you know, we came out in the third quarter, we didn't execute, we didn't execute how we needed to on that first drive. Um, if Denver Harris had caught that pick, man, that would have been so big for us. Uh, it, it just went right through his hands, but you know what happens. But, um, he turns around, he gets a 15 yard penalty. It kind of sets, sets them up to score. They scored on a little kind of similar to we, we have. It's like a trio bunch set, like a tray set, uh, three receivers, uh, to wide. And Kyle, I went back and watched like the highlights of it, so they played it. So they kind of had like the, the point guy and the innermost guy. Pushed vertical and ran in routes and the third guy like close to the sideline he just ran like an underneath drag and we were in man coverage so deuce had to navigate deuce Harmon had to navigate through all that and then try to play the guy and you know uh brooks he's a he's a he's a fast guy so if you don't have an angle on him from the get-go it's kind of hard to get him down so uh they they caught a good play call on us they were able to go up 24 14 uh when we went down 10 <clears throat> excuse me, Um, we went down 10. I don't think there were any nerves. Like, nobody was really, like, in a panic mode at any point in the game, probably until the last play call. But, um, yeah, like, even though we went down 10, we still felt confident that we were going to win just some way, somehow we were going to pull it out because our defense had been playing good for the most part. And for us, really, they hadn't really stopped us like I always say, like the majority of, of our shortcomings on offense have just been self-inflicted wounds. And like we had one uh, red zone trip and we had those two false starts back to back, man. And instead of scoring a touchdown, we we walk out of three points. And then on the other end, um, you know, Moose had, had dropped one across the middle. You know, it, it happens, but uh, we, we we walked out of that one with three points. So just imagine if we were able to capitalize on both those red red zone trips. I don't feel like they were able to really stop us in the red zone, um, except for that last play call. But just think, if we had fourteen points there, we might be. I might be sitting here telling you all a different story. So, you know that it happens. But moving on, we came back and we we hit a field goal, like I said, and the score was 24-17. 17 and they missed like two crucial field goals and when they missed them it was like dang like they are giving us this game like they're like they had fumbles they had missed field goals they were they were just tripping i'm just like bro they're giving us this game we have to capitalize or we're going to run out of time and we were not able to capitalize to the fullest and it eventually led, led to our demise so uh just thinking about that on the bus ride home was just kind of Kind of made me angry because I was like, man, like they, they were literally like trying to give us a game, like missing field goals, turning the ball over in, in terrible territories for them, like putting, giving us great field position, like uh, t- bad punts on their end. They they didn't shank any, but like they weren't getting any deep picks on their punts. So we had tremendous field, field position the entire game, I think, except for like two drives. And that was early on. So yeah so in the third quarter before we go into the fourth quarter, we got the ball back with like thirty six seconds um play call. It was a three receiver set again. It was Evan, Chris, and myself out wide. They had two posts, and what we were trying to do we were trying to drain everybody to have me on the dig and just come right through the come right through the seam of the zone and I, I was running my route, and I was watching Evan and Chris while I was in the middle of my route. And I broke it down, and I already knew I was getting the ball before I even came out of my break. So Haynes was able to find me, picked up a little first down. I was able to hit my little wipe-my-nose thing, like C.D. Lamb. And uh, I came, off the, came back to the sideline, and everybody was just con- congratulating me and just, you know, doing all this, like the wipe-the-nose thing I always do. And um, even though it wasn't like a touchdown reception or anything like that, It was still the first down reception, a nice catch, a run, put us in great field position going into the fourth quarter, and it just meant so much to me to just like finally like just catch a ball, man. Because like I said uh, in last week's episode, how this season hasn't necessarily gone the way I've wanted it to go, and you know just feeling, you know just feeling like you contributed in some way against the number one team on the road. You can hear the crowd like roaring. Like when you catch the ball, it felt a lot. It felt like it felt uh, it meant a lot to me. So um, it wasn't anything crazy, but you know, like I, I always say, I like to celebrate the small things. So um, yeah, it meant, it meant a lot, and just feeling like I I contributed in some way to to um, helping us win. So moving on to the fourth quarter, uh, you know we're just going back and forth, going back and forth. It's it's getting hectic. Um, it's you can really start to feel it's crunch time. The fans are letting you know it's crunch time. Their fans, our fans, the coaches are getting wild on the sideline. You know, it's just the uh, emotions are really riled up at this point within everybody. So uh, we get down to the final drive, and we are so great at two-minute, I feel like, because every Thursday practice, we always end with two-minute. And I don't know if any other schools – I mean, I, I assume other schools do this, but – Coach Fisher puts a lot of attention on two minute and four minute in, you know, the situational offense. And so when we were putting in the position where we had to go execute two minute, uh, nobody was really nervous because, you know, we, we do this daily in practice, weekly in practice, excuse me. So as you saw, we were able to march down the field with the help of some, uh, some, with the help of some penalties, start with a humongous third down conversion, a big play from Evan Stewart, man. Um, that's what he does. That's why he's a five star. He literally picked it out of number three's hands and went up and grabbed it. And you know that was just a monster play from him. And he made he made big plays for us the whole night. So, uh, really, really proud of him and how he performed on the road in his first really big, big game against Alabama. So, uh, Bama gave us some some defensive holding calls. They gave us a pi. I think they gave us. One defensive holding and two PIs, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. And we were able to gain some yardage off of that one. And we were in great position to take the game because, like I said, it just felt like they were just giving us opportunities and just giving us opportunities. And I was saying at some point we had to capitalize or if it was going to be too late. And uh a few plays later, Haynes is picked up. Uh, he's picked off by Jordan Battle, but the PIs called back. The, the final play call. It was the same play that Moose scored on, and I actually advised everybody to go watch Coach Saban's game breakdown of the final play because I didn't even know he did that, and I think it's pretty cool hearing it from his perspective. But um, what they did was, he said, at first they played everybody to the flats, but this time they shifted everybody's leverage essentially, and made everybody have inside leverage. So um, they made everybody have inside leverage, but the backer that was on Moose, he played outside leverage. So basically Moose had no option but to go in. But once he goes in, those linebackers are sitting there waiting for him, right? And since Haynes is able to make plays with his legs, one of the linebackers was a rat. And so basically, he's just back there mirroring the quarterback, right? And so if if Haynes breaks out left, he tries to roll it, he's there. So he's like a, a spy, essentially. And then uh, the corner that was on Evan played hard outside leverage because he had all those help. He had help inside from the wheelbacker. And basically, like if he if Evan had ran a slant or an uh, in-cutting route, he was going to run right into the backer. So that play was dead. And then uh, so number three, he used the sideline to his advantage because you're in that tight space and there's only so many routes you can run when you're outside releasing in the tight zone. You can run a fade, a pylon in which Evan was running. Um, those are really the only two routes you can run in in that tight space if you're going to outside release. So the corner used the sideline to his leverage and kind of just squeeze Evan as he was coming off the ball. And, uh, you know, pylons are so hard to execute, especially in that space because it's a timing route. So Haynes has to get back in his drop and Evan has to get to a certain depth in the end zone. And I don't know. I don't know if Evan got there too early if or Haynes threw it too late. So you can't really say, oh, Haynes didn't throw the ball into the end zone because then you could say Evan was too early. But then you can be like, oh, Haynes has to hit Evan now. But so – uh, it's it's a lot of different things that people could say about the final play, but you don't really understand it unless you understand football. So, and if you even go like and see a bunch of players, like former players of, of Coach Fisher who um, played for him, like Kellen Mond, he said he he responded to somebody sweet saying like, "Oh, somebody has said it's a bad play call," but Kellen was like, "No, it's not. We actually scored on this play in crunch time against Kentucky back in 2018," and so. <clears throat> excuse me, somebody mentioned like, oh, Chase was open at the bottom of the screen on a fade. Yes, I was open, but in a situation like that, you don't want to throw that long of a pass across the field because when you have a one-on-one situation backside and, it, and it's a shorter, shorter throw. So like I said, if you understand football, then you understand the play call. But if you're just a spectator and a fan of, of college football and you have no background or serious background of football and just the science behind it, then you're not gonna understand the play call. But um we live we live with that, we die with that. Um I think like I said, I think the play call was fine, but we just didn't execute it and you know Alabama won it. So um like I said, I feel like uh Alabama escaped with a victory against Texas and victory against us. So I guess at the Texas state champions this year from the state of Alabama. But uh, yeah, man, it, it was a heartbreaking loss because just seeing just Haynes, just, just so emotional. I just commend him for just being a warrior, bro, because he came and I don't think anyone knows this. He came into the locker room after the game and went up to every offensive player, gave everybody a hug and said, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry, man. Like, I'm sorry. Like I let y'all down. And I'm just like, this dude, like it's just a true warrior. He's a football player. You feel me? And you can just tell like, it means that much to him. Like, you know, he could have been pouting for being benched and he's a warrior and he came to play. I I so wish we could have executed better for him to get the W, but man, you know, like I said, just things happen sometimes, but I just commend Haynes and I just commend everybody on the team for just competing. I think that looking back, even though I'm not a fan of moral victories, looking back, we can, we can see that this team does have some fight in them. And, um, I think bright things are, are ahead for this program going forward. and really the message after the game was to just went out. Like we broke on that. Max Wright broke the, broke the team huddle after the game, after we prayed and he was like, went out on three. And I think the focus now is like, look, we just went toe to toe with the, with the so-called best team in the country and damn near beat them. So that says a lot about us and the kind of football we are capable of playing when we execute. So um, I feel like we're very confident that we can win out the rest of the season. And, um, yeah, and we're, and we're just, we're not focused on just the, the clutter. We're not, we're not focused on what they're saying about us on social media. We're not focusing on the rankings. We're just focusing on playing football. And I think when you get into a place where you're just focusing on playing football, you're not, you're not just focusing on everything else, then it's just so much better for your team and you'll see success. So. Uh, I'm really eager to get back uh, to playing. Our next game is in in South Carolina in two weeks. So really looking forward to that matchup, man, and just just winning out. And that's the goal for the rest of the season. And we'll go from there. But this has been another fun episode of the Pot of Aggieland. Hopefully you guys are continuing to enjoy the show. And to all my new listeners who joined the show after a so-called thing that happened this past week that I'm not going to touch on, I love you guys too. So thank you everybody for tuning in to another episode of the pot of Aggieland. This is your host, Chase Lane. I'm out. Peace.